What is going on, Wolfpack Nation? Welcome to the 18th episode of Tuffy Talk. Thank y'all so much for tuning in today. Got a great episode for you guys. Uh, we got an interview today with former NC State tight ends uh, coach and, and special teams coordinator, Eddie Faulkner, who's now the running backs coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, today, we, be, we kind of dive into his time with, so far with the Pittsburgh Steelers, as well as talk about his time uh, at NC State. So definitely going to be a great interview today. But please make sure if you haven't already subscribed to us by hitting the button in the bottom right-hand corner. It's free to do and really supports the channel and supports us. So really would appreciate it if you guys could do that for us. Please also make sure as well to like this video if you guys enjoyed it and want more NC State content. And please also, too, check out our other content. If you haven't already, we have 17 other episodes full of NC State content, discussions, interviews, you name it, that all NC State fans will definitely want to check out. So please make sure to do that, including the things NC State fans never say. Make sure to check those out if you haven't already. All Wolfpack fans have loved them so far, and you guys will too. And uh, also, too, make sure to follow us on uh, at, at Tuffy Talk Now, Bang, on Twitter or Instagram if you haven't already to, uh, to stay in touch with us. And also, too, uh, reach out to us on uh, Twitter or Instagram if you have any interest in any Tuffy Talk hats. Be more than happy to, to walk you guys through that. So with that being said, let's not wait a second longer. Let's go ahead and get this thing started. What's going on, Wolfpack Nation? Thank you so much again for tuning in for this interview. We got here former tight ends coach Eddie Faulkner and special teams coordinator. Can't forget that little piece as well. Thanks, Coach Faulkner, for joining in with us. Oh, yeah, man, no doubt. Love it. Yeah, appreciate it. So, first of all, I mean, you know, one thing we always love to do, especially, you know, somebody, you know, we haven't, you know, really, you know, talked to in a while. And so, you just want to kind of get an idea of, you know, how have things been going so far? I know this past football season was obviously weird with COVID, but how have your first two seasons overall gone so far in Pittsburgh? And how's it been living in Pittsburgh? It's been a great experience, man. You know, I don't have anything, I don't really have anything negative to say. The only, the only negative, you know, was pretty positive down there in Raleigh in terms of the weather and, and stuff like that. Like, I, I'd give Raleigh the nod on that for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but outside of that, you know, I love the organization, love the people I work with, you know, love the players. Um, you know, I'm, I'm blessed and, and, and around some really good people. Yeah. And because, because you know, I know one of the things that, that I knew very well from from working with you was that uh, you you always had a draw to the Steelers. I know actually uh, taking a look back when you had finished uh, your uh, your playing career at, at Wisconsin, uh, um, that you actually got signed uh, by the Steelers in two thousand one. Um, so for those uh, state fans who are listening that don't know, you know, uh, you know, can you kind of talk a little bit in terms of like you know what what has been your draw, you know, or your I guess leading you towards the Steelers and really wanting to work there. Well, you know, I always respected the way they went about playing the game growing up, watching them. Um, you know, I can remember that. Um, and then, you know, when they gave me that opportunity coming out of uh, college to play, you know, I mean, that give that def- that makes a connection. Um, and then from that standpoint, I've always kind of cheered and rooted for them because I just like what they represent, the organization, the people. Um, and, you know, to get an opportunity to be here is a dream, you know. So, uh, you know, it's awesome. Yeah, so I know that uh, you know one of the biggest things you know for you, especially you know this being your first uh, NFL job, which is a big uh, you know achievement. You know, is is uh, what would you say? How would you say the the transition has been from being a college coach to an NFL coach? You know, it's been good. There's certain aspects I miss of the college game. Um, one thing that's the biggest change from from college to NFL is I have to definitely say is your time because it's all football. You know, there's no um, there's no recruiting. There's no going to, uh, 
you know, banquets or recruiting dinners or, or with boosters and all those kind of things that free time academics, you know, the players a lot of time are gone in their own, in the off season, gone away training in their hometowns or wherever they make their home. Um, we, so there's no really us with them. Um, mm-hmm. It's just all football and us talking football and scheme and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it opens up a lot of time where, you know, a lot of times you be home for dinner with the family and stuff like that. So, um, you know, you can't really put a price tag on that. That's what I always tell people. Yeah. And so from that standpoint, it's been great, but there's definitely some aspects of it that I missed. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so you touched on uh, the, that being a part of what you're, what, you know, what you miss. So what do you miss about it? I mean, is it the getting to meet, you know, the relationships you build kind of thing? Absolutely. I miss the, um, the relationships you make, you know, um, I know definitely like my wife missed the relationships that in closeness you had in bonds with other wives, wives, coaches, wives, the people that you meet um, throughout the recruiting process. Like at all the places I've been, state included, we've developed relationships with people, you know, recruits and their parents and players. Um, and that, and then the NFL, that's totally different. Um, so I definitely miss that part of it. I miss right. the evaluation process and the, the recruiting part of it, I really do. But the, you know, a lot of times I don't miss it either. You know what I mean? Because the, sometimes that road can kind of grind on you. So um, I loved everything about the college game and, and you know, the pro game. Um, you know, I love everything about it too. So it's like a win-win for me, you know what I mean? But I really appreciate what I'm doing now. Yeah. So you mentioned that I, I'm a guy, you know, one of my interests, I, you know, I, I love state stuff, obviously, but I, I really did follow the recruiting side pretty hard. It's just one of my interests and it's always has been. Do you have any like, like stories you look back on like, man, this was a really interesting relationship that I had or a special relationship I bonded with certain players. I'm, I imagine all of them you had good relationships with, but any cool, interesting recruiting stories or, or anything like that? Oh man. Yeah. Tons. Um, it'd be hard to like start to pick, kind of point them out. Yeah, um, I guess I would say uh, you make a relationship with all of them. Like for me, if if I was recruiting a player and he came and he came to North Carolina State, I had a good relationship with him. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like that's part of the reason why they're attracted to the school and the staff and that. And so, um, you know, for the most part, any of those guys that I had an opportunity to recruit while there, I had a good relationship with you. I could go family to family and tell you how they were and how that relationship is and have a relationship with their parents and still talk to them to this point, um, you know, very um, often. And so um, the relationships piece in college and the college game that you develop, not just with your players on your roster, coaches, families, but in the recruiting process and the people you meet along that way, you know, you miss that because that's kind of really cut out when you, when you make the jump to the pro ball. Right. So you, you, uh, so obviously, you know, and as a state fans, they all know the relationship you have right now with Jalen Samuels uh, and you recruited him and uh, you get, now you're coaching him and you coach him in college, you coach him in the NFL. Right. Uh, what is that, you know, that line been like going from all, seeing it kind of all the way from the beginning, as far as his yeah. playing days go. Yeah. And I recruited him too. So like coming, you know, I can yeah. go back to, you know, when he was 16, 15, 16 years old. Um, I mean, I don't, you know, it's stuff that stories are, you know, made about, you know what I mean? It's like, that's all I yeah. can say with that. Like who could have predicted that, that, that would be how it went down. I can tell you that I can tell you this for sure. 
the way he played and his opportunity he got with the Steelers was a big part of the reason why I got my opportunity with the Steelers. Like I'm not by any stretch right. of the imagination, uh, you know, do not understand that. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I definitely know that that's true. Um, right. And, you know, once you get here now, it's you got to do your job and let's go ball out. And so, you know, that's where pro ball is different, but having an opportunity to be with him through that time, that's stuff that you can't make up. Yeah. And so um, that's been awesome. And I got Did great, you... you talk about a family we got a great relationship with, like Greg and Sherry Samuels are like family, like mm-hmm. family. That's uh, awesome. You know what I mean? We talk to them all yeah. the time. Um, and I have a lot of relationships of, of players I recruited and coached um, through recruiting that I talk to all the time. You know what I mean? And so, you know, that part of it's been great. So it's so more what... than just hit him and the player coach relationship. It's, it's, um, it's mentor, you know, um, friendship you know there's still a totally respect there yeah. because i'm his coach and he's the player at this level but i respect the fact that he's gone from a boy to a man and i got the opportunity to watch it and so um you know i'm proud of Jalen too you know couldn't yeah. be more proud of him. i mean this is about as close as you could get to coaching somebody who would be like your your son in the nfl that ain't actually your son you know mm-hmm. um so it's been fantastic yeah i can understand that being a special bond so, like, when you were recruiting him, is there something particular about him from a from the very get go that you've seen even grow even more now? At least, um, I, I mentioned him as you know maturity wise. You mentioned him from kind of being a boy to a man athletically. What was it that drew you to him in the first place? Man, he was. Just, I mean, we all know it on the field now. So, yeah, I mean, he's just a he was just a beast. You know what I mean? Like, and it wasn't it wasn't in his talk. Anybody knows well. On the field, he'll talk, you know, he can talk smack. But as far as, you know, you know, his performance, he does it, he does it with his just going out and going about his business. Mm-hmm. And he had a certain confidence and aura about him um, and smoothness um, mm-hmm. and versatility at a very young age that you just were like, he can do something. I've always been a believer of, you know, get good football players in your program. We'll figure out. Um, particularly in college, we'll figure out what we can do with him. And um, he was just, you know, he was just, I mean, his his year before, because, you know, at Mallet Creek, you got good players, so a lot of times you had to work your way up and wait yeah. your turn. Shoot, he was playing um, defense and came in and had like a, I think it was an interception, with, you know, as a sophomore that he took to the house down the sideline early. Like just going, he went out on the field, hey, he played this position. I don't even think it was his position. They just put him in there safety, and he gets a pick six. Like, that's Jay saying. Yeah. So, you know, you just got to get good football players, in my opinion, in your program who are tough and, and confident. And he, you know, I don't know if anybody could have predicted what he became in terms of state, but um, I can't lie and say it surprised me. You know, I feel pretty, I, you know, I knew he was capable of it. I'm glad he got the opportunity to do it and he capitalized. Yeah, you get to kind of sit back. You're not really, like you said, you're not shocked, but you're like, you're still amazed by it. Like he's right. like, how blessed about, he is, like, how blessed he is. I respect it. Like I tell people all the time. I mean, at one point, Jay Sam was a Belitnikov, I think, semifinalist. Mm-hmm. He was a Mackey finalist or semifinalist. He was a, um, a Paul Hornig uh, um, award list guy or something. And then he got drafted as a running back. Like if that doesn't speak to what his versatility was, then I'm not sure what would. Right. And so, um, and, you know, he sometimes I can remember this clips where he would put his hand on the ground and block 
you know, as an inline <laughs> tight end. Not that you want to live that way with him, but he did that. Yeah. Um, so he was just a special talent. Okay, no yeah, I still remember to this day the first time we really saw Jay Sam's like, whoa, was uh, it was 2014, the Syracuse game, Doran's first win, and it was a fake punt, and he took that baby and ran through like two or three people and got that first down, and that was I, I still remember to this day watching that sound and going, man, like that dude, that dude only had one offer, like what? His first, his first play when he came in, we played Georgia, I think Southern. His first play ever as a Wolfpacker. He catches mm-hmm. a wheel route down the sideline, I think, for like 42 yards. That's it. I remember that, actually, now that you mentioned it. Georgia Southern, I think. It was Georgia first Southern. First play he ever played. And then, you know, he worked his way through. But the play that you're talking about, what's interesting about that, um, like, is that the play like was designed where there was a kickout block and he's supposed to come under the kickout block, but he went around it. So he made it harder than it was supposed to be. So he, <laughs> broke, he broke a bunch of tackles and, and strung the play out and find a way to make a play in Jay same fashion, where in reality he should have cut underneath the kickout block and he might've scored. And to this day, I'm like mad at him about it, but it's like, it's just one of those things like, all right, Jay, but it's kind of like, am I? Are you really surprised he did that? Because he's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that was I, I was learning at that time. Still, that that is who he was. He was just a baller. You know, yeah. what I mean, and, and as long as he knew what to do when it came to game day, game day before the players. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like at that time, like you know, go out and let him do his thing. You know, don't, yeah. you don't need to be hovering over him. Hey, you okay? Like guys, <laughs> like Jay saying, when you get to game day, you're just like, all right, man. You know, so, I'll thing. see you after the game. <laughs> be, be smart, make good decisions. You know, yeah. stuff like that. And yeah. So uh, you know, and and to to finish off with Jay Sam, I I will say you were talking about you know smack talker. I know that Chubb is very famous for his smack talking, but Jay Sam is he he was a smack talker. So. Pro- I think anybody at NC State on the team and particularly on offense will tell you Jay Sam is legendary when it comes to his. Oh uh, yeah, and awesome. trash talk. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So kind of transitioning to a little bit. So, uh, you know, I know one of the big things, uh, one of the exciting things for, for state particularly was when uh, Coach Canada came on to came on to staff. And so now you're going, man, we got Faulkner. We got we got Jay Sam and now we got Matt Canada there. So, I mean, it's like this, like the Pittsburgh Wolfpack over there. So, uh, I mean, what was your what was your initial reaction when you you got in the news that uh, Coach Canada was joining the staff? Well, you know, last year he was our quarterback's coach. So he was yep. actually on staff last year. So right. you have to go back to the beginning of 20, you know, I guess the end of 19, whenever that would have been, beginning yep. of 20 when he first got on. Um, shoot, I was super excited. You know, Matt's a very good friend of mine. You know, mm-hmm. Matt, you know, our youngest call him Uncle Matt and that Aunt Aaron. So, I mean, um, mm-hmm. you know, yep. like he's a very close friend. Like, I, like that was fantastic. And then it just, yeah. not only that, or since you take it to that extreme, not only is Jay Sam there that played in that system, but Anthony McFarlane, who he played, um, coached at Maryland when he was there, Matt uh, Canada as a coordinator, mm-hmm. is on our, you know, we drafted last year. He's on our roster. And Derek right. Watt, who we, who Matt was at, at Wisconsin and um, played fullback in Matt's system. I actually wow. think that Matt was the coordinator at Wisconsin that made Derek Watt uh, the switch from he was a linebacker at first, and then mm-hmm. he uh, moved into fullback. And now he's, a, you know, well, I think he's in his sixth year as a fullback in the National Football League. So it was a good move. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Right. Uh, so and you know, kind of transitioning, you know, now. So so kind of taking it back. So so you know, obviously, just like you know, I, I said earlier, is that you know, you you finished playing at Wisconsin, 
you had a little bit of, you know, you know, professional time with the Steelers. And then you went to the, you know, up to Edmonton and played for the Eskimos there for a little bit as well. And then you got your first opportunity with Anderson University uh, in Indiana as a running backs coach. So, uh, I mean, just is it's, it's uh, just wanted to kind of ask you, I mean, how did you get that opportunity? I mean, that you had, I mean, who was it that kind of, that kind of helped you get that? Well, uh, man, so, you know, the Canadian, I got cut from the Canadian league and it's early enough, although season, you know, is going there early. That season starts so early. So like you're, you're a few weeks in by the time you get to what would be the start of a division three season. And so I got cut and I was like, man, like I got to get into coaching. Like I had made that decision that that's what I was going to do. Um, and so I was looking for any opportunity really to do that. Um, my mom actually had a relationship and, and man, that time of year, it's super hard because, you know, everybody's moving on. Like there's really no spots like that. So my mom um, had a connection um, with the president of Anderson University. She served on, I think, some type of committee or board with him and just gave him a note, like a heads up, like, hey, this is what my son's looking for. Um, and then he got that to the football coach, football coach, Steve Barrows. Um, I'll always be indebted. I talked to Coach Barrows as much as I talk to anybody right now, um, he gave me my first opportunity, you know what I mean? As a, uh, as a, to be a coach. So I always be indebted to him. But anyway, he, um, called me and let me come in. I came in, I made $500, um, the big bucks stipend for the season. All right. And I had to, so obviously to make ends meet. All right. Now I had, uh, the, you know, I, at this point in time, you know, I had a degree, a college degree. I could, put to use, obviously, I'm from the University of Wisconsin, but I decided this is how I was pursuing coaching. I wanted this. And so um, I used to drive at the downtown Hyatt um, Hotel, downtown Indianapolis. I would wake up 6 a.m., um, have my oldest son, would take him to um, a daycare early in the morning, get to work by 6 a.m., get out of there by 2 drive it, you know, from that point, like about 45 minutes from downtown Indianapolis to Anderson University, which is in Anderson, Indiana, to get there in time for practice, spend there, do my thing that time, and then repeat for $500 stipend. But I was parking cars as a valet at the Hyatt Hotel. Wow. That's what I was going to say. I, I was valet parking. I would, I would say this. If you get the opportunity to valet park, if that was a side hustle, I'm telling you right now, you can make some good money and tips <laughs> if you want to hustle um, valet parking cars. But that's what I had to do to, like, to get my start. And then once that happened, you know, just that gave me my, my start to start moving up and um, got an opportunity to go to ball state as a GA and, you know, mm-hmm. just on from there. Yeah, no kidding. Well, and you know, one thing too, which, uh, you know, stood out to me when I worked with you uh, um, at NC state was, you know, it definitely, it definitely was obvious, obvious as day that, that you know, you were more of a, a player's coach. I mean, you, you weren't the guy necessarily, you know, to, you know, bring them down. Just like you were saying, get on them. You're more of like the, Hey, listen, you know, like, you know, come on now, you know, you know what to do here, kind of the motivator pusher kind of deal. And uh, you know, which is, you know, and then on the other side of the field, you got Ryan had Ryan Nielsen at the time who was yelling <laughs> even when he was happy. And uh, so, you know, want to kind of ask two questions about, so first of all, where did you kind of get your coaching philosophy per se? And then what goals do you have yourself in terms of growing as a coach? Right, man. That's a fantastic question. You said, you said a bunch of good things right there. Um, the first thing I say is, I mean, obviously Ryan Nielsen's successful. What he's doing, there's a thousand ways to skin a cat. So mm-hmm. some people have success with whatever approach they take. That's that's great for them, good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people with that know me in the capacity you do. 
would make that comment about me and my mentality. Um, I think I've always had a good relationship with the players, but some people maybe on the that knew me earlier as a coach would say I was more of a ripper and jumping it down their throat. And I did that. And what I've discovered, you asked me how I get to my coaching philosophy. What I've discovered is players respond a lot more to truth and coaching because, and here's the reason, because when you start yelling at them, they either going to tune you out or get offensive. And you have to clear that hurdle before you can get to what it is, you're, where it is you're trying to go or what you're trying to teach them. So you might as well go straight to that point in the moment. Like a, an example would be if, if, you know, a special teams play on punt, gave up a punt and it was clear, a punt block in a critical part of the game, your reaction would be to yell and jump down the kid's throat and tell him you should have did that. But I can promise you that kid didn't do that or that player did not do that on purpose. He didn't want to sabotage the game in most cases, right? So what the moment to the moment, the coaching moment is in the heat when he's feeling down and hurt at that moment, coach him and get him to understand like, man, now look what that situation just cost our team. Look how you feel right now in this moment. And you know what I mean? And so, and so usually I've learned that the feeling is just like anything else, you know, like your parents could tell you to do whatever when you were a little kid, but you wouldn't stop until you got hit in the head to learn like, that's how I should do it. And so through that process, they, they gain more trust in you and you knowing what you're talking about because they don't want to feel that again. And I've just learned and I've learned through that. That's what it is. I'm not, you know, don't take the coolness for weakness. Like because I can have a relationship with my players and stuff like that does not mean a lot of times when people hear player coach, that means that they run in, you know what I'm saying? They players, the vision is that oh, they do what they want to do. No, sir. No. You know what I'm saying? They knew exactly what the standard was. I chose to have a relationship as a man with them until they showed me they couldn't be a man. You show me you can't be a man. We have a problem. You know, you show me that you can be a man and take coaching and know that it's never personal and we can have a relationship, then let's do business. And so that I've just had success with that. You know what I mean? So um, I've arrived there through the journey, not necessarily that's not how I showed up. You know what I mean? We're, we, we all do that. We're all improving. We're either getting better or getting worse every day. So um, that's how I cho- chose to get better. I love that. Yeah. I love yeah. That. So. That's that's so awesome. That was awesome hearing you say having given that yeah. answer too. So, so when so kind of going kind of taking the next step in your coaching, I guess relatively in your next coaching career, you you get basically arrive on Northern Illinois in 2011, and that was I guess you know Dave, your Coach Doran hired you then. You know Absolutely. what was that? What was that like? You know how did you originally meet him? Um, yeah. You know what was it like working with him from then and then transitioning to state. What was that whole process, that whole time like? Y'all are good. Y'all are good, man. Y'all are really <laughs> good. Like, these are great. These are fantastic questions. Um, so um, I did. I met Coach Dorn through basically he. I was recommended him. First off, I got to say, Coach Dorn gave me a job when I didn't have one. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I had just – I was at Ball State. We had gotten fired. I was involved in getting that head job, didn't get it. Um, so I, for a minute there, it was a smooth transition, but for a minute there, it was like, I didn't really have anything secure to job. So he gave me a job when I didn't have one. Um, so I'm always indebted to him for that. So, um, at any rate, um, he was at Wisconsin, um, my old head coach as a player, uh, Barry Alvarez, um, recommended my name to him as a potential guy for his staff. Um, he reached out, um, got opportunity to come up to Madison after our season was over. Um, and I think they were actually um, 
I think they were actually preparing. I think they were preparing for the Rose Bowl. I can't remember, right? No, they were about to play in the, um, their last home game and were going to get to go to the Rose Bowl. But at any rate, I got a chance to visit with him. Um, we talked ball and this and that and met him. And, you know, he offered me the job and went to Northern Illinois with him. And, shoot, that was a great, fantastic program. Went in, won a championship. And um, his second year that he was there, I had left um, and went to my alma mater, Wisconsin. And that's when I coached the year. So I was there his first year, not the second. And then when he went to state, that's when we got back together. Yeah. See, I, was, I shouldn't say that's when I came back to join his staff. On it, on Wikipedia, it actually said that part of part of 2012, you were with Pittsburgh. Is there any truth to that? Right. So University of Pittsburgh. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I left Northern Illinois and went to Pitt for a month during the recruiting process. So like I left Northern Illinois um, when Paul Chris first got hired at Pitt. Um, I was on that initial staff with him. I was there for a month. Opportunity came to go back to my alma mater. You know, Paul went to Wisconsin too. He's a Madison guy as well. So um, he understood my my desire to go back. Um, and so, I, you know, when those opportunities come, like who knows when they're going to come again in our profession. So I just dropped on the opportunity to go to my um, alma mater, which I thought I'd be there longer than what which what I was. Um, because at that point, that's when um, Brett Billum made the decision to go to Arkansas, and then I had the opportunity to be with him in Arkansas or or be with Dave and um, Raleigh, and we chose um, Raleigh. I mean, Dave, Dorn, but we love Raleigh and everything that NC State kind of represented. There you go. That's awesome. So when you, so when you, I guess, kind of, you know, before we kind of move forward in the next, you know, kind of, I guess, well, we can talk about this a little bit. Let me ask this question. So when, when you were at Wisconsin, and I think when you came to state, you were, that you were a running backs coach and then a tight ends coach when you got to state. How different is that when, when how you approach the coaching? You know, yeah, the, I was, uh, I was a tight ends coach at Wisconsin. Okay. Then I made the transition to tight ends when I went from, um, Northern Illinois to, uh, well, Wisconsin. I guess Pitt, if you throw that in there, to, yeah. you know, Northern Illinois to Wisconsin um, is where I made that change. I got you. Um, the, different, the difference in coach, you know, I think the good coaches who really work at understanding ball and scheme and that could coach anything, like the ones that really could, like they might not be great at it or up to what their standard of, of teaching would be, right. but if you're really paying attention and trying to be a good coach, like you could coach anything. Having said that, um, making the transition from running back to tight end. Now, my second year as a GA at Ball State, Brady Hope gave me the opportunity to coach tight ends that season. So I had a little bit of experience of it in it, but I didn't have great, um, I, you know, I had to develop my drill work and the things that I found worked for the guys that I was coaching. Um, and that took a little bit of time, but as I settled into that, it was, you know, it was smooth seven. And I, I love the tight end position because, you know, you can create mismatches with with big bodies who can run well against, you know, linebacker bodies or something that they might be better athletes than. You can create all those matchups in what we, you know, call 12 personnel with two tight ends. You think back to Jay Sam, going back to him, you know, him and Granage on the field at the same time or Cole Cook and Granage or Cole Cook and Jay or Benson Brown and Granage or – you know, you can do all those things because you, you have the type of body types that created mismatches. Yeah. You know? So at any rate, um, you know, I enjoy coaching on the tight end position. I enjoy both. I'm just a I'm just a football coach, I guess. You know, I just, you know, yeah. I, I, I coach anybody, you know, 
I, I wouldn't feel great about coaching um, quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't feel great about that. I could, and I would obviously get there. Um, but anything else, particularly on offense, I could coach. During COVID, my son's a, a safety, um, mm-hmm. um, in college safety. And during COVID, he had to kind of train at home. So I was I turned into a DB coach during, you know, being locked in the house anyway, you know what I mean? So I feel like I, I upped my resume there. Yeah. Um, so yeah. – I feel I feel confident. I saw I saw on your Instagram during the COVID where you uh, and 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 all your kids would do uh, like drills on the driveway, running yeah, up yeah. the driveway, and all that. And that was that was, that was hilarious. Yeah, man, it uh, started off just kind of like a you know something to do, but then became a need for him, you know, because he was tr- at that time we thought he may still have a season, so we were preparing for that. Yep. Um, and you know, just we just started getting after it, and I'm kind of a detail freak, so I started to really work hard at. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, making sure the workouts were exactly right. And I'm looking at Instagram and all these different things, trying to get a good workout and remember things I did as a player, things I've seen Coach Thunder do or, mm-hmm. or other strength coaches I've been with. So um, it ended up, it was fun. You know what I mean? It kept my, it kept my sword sharp as a coach yep. when, that time when I was with him, you know. And then the two other ones, you know, my, my daughter is a track athlete. And, and mm-hmm. so it was fun having her in that capacity. And then, you know, the little four-year-old thinks he can keep up with his older siblings. Yeah, so. he thinks he's Superman. <laughs> exactly. He thinks he he thinks he's the one that can do it. So that's fun to watch, man. It was a good time period. Good. You know, and hopefully we can, you know, hopefully this summer off-season time have some glimpse of that. You know. And so, you know, one of the things I wanted to kind of get your input on is, I mean, first of all, I mean, wanted to kind of know, have you been able to keep up with NC State at all during your, uh, you know, your time in Pittsburgh? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah, cool. Definitely. No, so, I check the scores for sure, and if the game's yeah. on, I'm clicking on. Particularly okay. as I, I still know people and kids there. You know, what I mean, that's that's getting a little further removed as just time. You know, natural attrition of things that happen. But um, you know, when you know somebody out there, that that's for sure. You know, like my wife would be like, you know, stay on you know, this DA and and um, and call goof like DP or there. You know, such and such is out there. Turn it on. You know. Like, cause she knows them, you know what I mean? And so um, that's just, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier about the relationships that you build with this, those kids. Like right. that just don't stop. My son, the four-year-old, he's in Cole Cook's wedding this summer. Yeah. That's you know awesome. I mean? As a, as a uh, ring bearer, I about to say flower bearer, ring bearer. Um, yeah. You know, so for example. That's awesome. I love that. And so, I mean, you know, kind of want to get your thoughts. I mean, overall, I mean, obviously it's a, uh, it, it was, it was definitely a tale of two stories between 2019, 2020, uh, you know, so kind of wanted to get your thoughts. I mean, I know that, uh, um, you know, Dylan Parham, you know, is really, you know, you, you know, come into his own as a tight end, you know, as a former quarterback, you know, so from the quarterback side and obviously running backs wise, there's a running back in my committee right there, but just kind of want to get your thoughts from a, you know, a coaching side, you know, uh, awesome team. At state. Yeah. State. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, listen, we from afar, we can always have our our thoughts of what we think. But I, I'll, I'll say, like, I guess it had been the 19th season. I mean, you know, there was a, a lot of attrition and things that happened through that, a lot of transition. I'm talking about the players in and out, new guys, new roles. And I know people don't want to hear it, but that's going to take a little bit of time to get ironed out. You want it to be seamless. But when that happens, you lose NFL caliber players in waves like that. You know what I mean? That transition takes some adjustment. Um, and clearly, you know what I mean? Coach D was able to get it adjusted um, through this year. But the other part of that is the players got 
had another year, they grew another year, they became a year more experienced, and that's and that's what you see. And so yeah. now, you know, um, I'm not positive. I know most of the guys on the roster like that are still there playing this and that, but I'm thinking, okay, they got a chance. It's like you're entering into that, um, what would it have been, 15, 16, 17 cycle again. You know what I mean? Through those years right there, as those players, that 2014 class or whatever other class, 15, grew, so did the, the production. And I think you're seeing something similar like that, you know what I mean, through, in the program. So let me ask you this question. So kind of more of an overarching, you mentioned how that's kind of like a, a, a there's periods to kind of go through with all that. You know, a lot of, I know a lot of fans out there still don't are still selling or not buying uh, coach Dorn. Yeah. And to, for me, I'm all in on him. And I want to, I'm just curious. And I'm, I'm not saying, Oh yeah, you're going to think say he's negative, but like, like what are your thoughts about that coach Dorn and being the coach you think like about him being the guy at state, I know a lot of people think, okay, he hasn't beaten Clemson. He hasn't won the championship yet. What are your thoughts about all that? I think, number one, I think you're always going to have critics. You, yep. it, it don't even matter, you know, that that comes with it. You know, if you're choosing to be a coach in the public eye, that comes with it, the good and the bad. And, you know, the what I found in the kind of the rise, I'll definitely answer your question, but I'll come – what I found in the rise of it is the bigger places you go, the more weight put on what it is you do, the more eyes they have, the the more people get critical in that way. Mm-hmm. And so that's fine because you know what? They have standards. They want to win. And you'd rather them care than not care because they're the same yeah. people that are, that are cheering when you win. And that's fine. Like we want you to want to win. We do too. Yeah. I think the understanding is just understand we're doing everything we can to get that done. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I, I get it. I understand it. Um, you know, I work for Coach Tomlin. You know, Mike Tomlin's like one of the, the best coaches in the history of the league. You know what I'm saying? Like all-time winning this um, African-American coach in, in, in yep. NFL history. Like, yep. but And he still never had a losing season. You know what I mean? Saw that the other day. Yeah. All that stuff. And it's still like, oh, you know, we get out of here. It's like, okay. Or it's, it's your quarterback. You know, it's people who wanted to run – Tom Brady out of town. They wanted to, you know, they wanted to do something to, um, you know, and I'm not talking about what happened with their, the organization, Tom Brady. I'm saying fans and people like, yeah, yeah, right. And right. it's like, you know, you know, everybody's going to be critical of them. So I say that to say, you know, I mean, coach had a, a proven track record of developing programs mm-hmm. and, and winning and being sustained, man. Football's a game where the ball got to bounce your way. You know what I mean? You got to have some, some positive things happen. You got to have some, um, uh, uh, be injury free and stuff like that, and then it you know things that come together and the chemistry with the team. So it's fine that people think that because that's their standard as it should be. They should expect winning. Um, but you know for what he does for the program and the kids and the building the relationships and the foundation built there, I don't know what else you would you know you would want for your for people. You know what yeah. I mean? And okay. so um, the people are always going to be critical. Coaches are going to do things the way they do them. Um, and how they see best fit, and you just got to trust in your guy and roll, I guess, you know? Yep. yep. And from a coach's perspective, it just comes with it, and so you can't pay it any mind. Mm-hmm. You know, you just shake it off and keep moving. It's all going to be there. Because, you know, I start telling – I would tell my wife, like, okay, you can't, you know, don't hit don't hit on the um, social media uh, comments. Don't hit comments. Don't read the comments. You know, mm-hmm. that's not going to do anything for you. You know, you, 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 all you're going to do is get mad and tell me about how somebody was saying this. And that's fine. That's their right to say it. 
but don't subject yourself to it. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. I know, I, I know we're kind of, uh, you know, at the end of this year, but I did want to kind of give like a little fun question there. So one of the things back in 2013, NC State football did a segment called Coaches First and 10, uh, which basically they would ask questions, you know, kind of get yep. to know the new coaching staff. And so one of those questions was, if you weren't a coach, what would you be? And you said a chef. So, sure. so I, I <laughs> so I gotta ask, I mean, I mean, so is that, I mean, what's, what's the cuisine change like? I mean, I, I, I would my pay game, to see you. Know, my yeah. game, my chef game, my cooking game has gone to new heights it's at this point. What year was that? Back. that was 14? That was 13. 13? Oh, so we're talking eight years ago. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely gotten a lot better at this point. But um, yeah, I, I stick by that. People still bring that up, by the way. Really? Really? Oh, yeah, they, they, you know, people that I know, and, or I should say know me that paid attention to that and saw, they were like, yeah, you said that. And remember, I'm like, yep, I sure do. And I, I stand so by. So what's the go-to meal then? What's the go-to meal? Go-to. Oh, shoot, man. I'm putting you on the spot. My son, my son would say like ribs, you know what I mean? Like he, he enjoys my ribs. He always wants me to make the ribs, you know, mm-hmm. whether they're smoke, smoked or whether they're um, on the grill. Real, I haven't like eaten dinner fire. yet, man. I'm getting hungry listening to you. <laughs> but I mean, that's what he would say. Um, yeah. So you know, I just I enjoy it. You know, what I mean, it's just kind of give you a chance chance to be around family and hang out, and do yeah. something where you're going, and um, it's been cool. Good deal. Well, thank you so much, Coach, for for joining us. Really do appreciate it, and uh, good luck this season. Uh, yep. Hope hope big things for you and uh, and Jay Sam and the rest of the Steelers. Absolutely, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on here, guys. All right, Wolfpack Nation, hope you all enjoyed the interview with Coach Eddie Faulkner. I uh, hope you guys really enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, it was such a great you know, time to really get some insight into the transition between college, uh, being a college football coach and being an NFL coach and uh, kind of getting some insight into Jalen Samuels and his thoughts on you know, being a coach in, the, in, uh, in, in college, like for Dave Doran, et cetera. So I hope you all really enjoyed it. So please make sure, again, if you haven't already, subscribe to us by hitting the button by, bottom right-hand corner. Please like this video if you enjoyed the if you enjoyed the video, and uh, also to make sure to uh, check out our other content, our other episodes that we have. Follow us at Tuffy Talk Now on Twitter or Instagram. And also to make sure to reach out to us if you have any interest at all in any Tuffy Talk merchandise. So with that being said, thank you all so much again. Really appreciate y'all's time. Please stay safe, Wolfpack Nation, and as always, go pack.